everybody, it's Brady here from Inner Strength Check, rolling dice and playing games for personal growth and social change. And without further ado, let's get into it. This is probably going to be a pretty rambling and tangential episode, particularly. I'm going to sort of talk through some, um, will be some talk around mental health and potentially some triggering topics around that. So just a bit of a warning in advance but I thought I'd just sort of crack on through here um, and look it's probably going to sound a little bit scripted because funnily enough it's off a script so I'll ad-lib as best as possible but here we go so um look it's been a lot longer between posts than I would have liked um, ideally I've had a lot of stuff going on this year it's been a very tumultuous year for myself and um I don't think this is the sort of the correct form to go through that as such, um, but things have recently hit a pretty low level, so it's been um, a bit hard. But um, I think part of my recovery process from that, uh, from this point and ongoing, is to participate back in this sort of stuff um, and to do that healthily. And in order to do that healthily, I need to sort of um, be open and honest about how I'm going because this is a podcast um, very much so around mental health but it's also just to get stuck in so look I've learned a lot about myself this year and it's nothing new from I guess like a psychoeducation point of view um, but really uh, through a lot of what's happened um, in my recent kind of return to therapy recently it's really just highlighted look um, like any good neurodivergent or mentally ill person or just straight up human being, I'm fantastic at working through like complex, tangential and shades of grey situations with other people when it comes to other people and their problems um, in the work that I do and, you know, in my relationships and that sort of stuff. But it's very easy to apply a more nuanced view of others, uh, even while you're experiencing mental ill health yourself. You know, it can be easier for me to cognitively uh, challenge uh, people's thoughts or reframe or offer different perspectives. But it's not until you actually, I think, engage professionally with someone who repeatedly um, sort of brings up or, you know, uh, sort of highlights for you that you've got your a lot of your own rigid unrealistic beliefs and standards and it's it's quite funny it's quite ironic like I've laughed in a couple of my sessions just realizing you know how much I think like you know especially as a neurodivergent person yeah man like I totally think in like shades of gray man but it's it's the ironic cracks that appear in that false logic it's sort of like placing the entire human race in one much more accepting and mindful basket and then putting yourself in this just overly not even yourself just this overly perfectionistic or inconceivably harsh box of shit and being in that box and living in that box comes with all these sorts of exclusionary rules and criteria that don't really apply to anybody but apparently they apply to yourself because fuck you um so it's interesting to get praise at work and whatnot um for those of you don't know i'm by trade a social worker um being able to approach all these you know highly 
nuanced, complex, interpersonal situations with this sort of guiding eye through it. And it feels very ironic to begin or, well, in my case, recommence therapeutic work and realize just how doggedly martial and militaristic and unflinching my my own kind of internal critic is. Look, I'm probably going to be using a lot of psychopathology gumbo soup and jargon, so look, I don't want to make it sound too much like some cringeworthy fucking Jordan Peterson style debate spiel. Put it in simple words, I'm way too harsh on myself and I've had to admit that, that I need to find ways to relent on on these unhealthily self-critical and dogmatic beliefs. They've, they've kind of, they're not even really beliefs that I hold, but due to, I think, the chronic nature of my sort of uh, living with mental illness and just my circumstances this year, they've kind of taken a life of their own. They've long outlived their usefulness and really weaponized themselves. And with regards to this podcast, I mean, negative and unrealistic self-evaluations, those motherfuckers, they shot me in the foot before I even ever got started. And I don't think many people realize this, but, you know, there's a lot of research out there, uh, particularly where we're looking at things like neurodivergence or mental illness or even just stressful situations. One of the main drivers of behaviors that we look look at and construe as being lazy, you know, procrastination, avoidance, quitting, those are often subtle markers of self-sabotage and some of these sort of unrealistic standards and beliefs, and we don't really pay heed to it until people or circumstances force it being put under that microscope. And it's just especially pronounced when we're experiencing um, poor mental health, high distress, and honestly, it can be a kind of an unconscious coping strategy, especially with all of the ambiguity of well, the situation we find ourselves in, right? Look, I can be verbose as shit, sound like I know my shit, but that doesn't mean what's spilling out onto the mic here is anything but tangential drivel. See, there it is. There it is in action again, right there. The other side is that Pulling back from this project has been a bit of a tactical decision until such a time that I'm able to sort of comfortably sit with good enough, good enough, as in like that whole, I think it was Voltaire that said the perfect is the enemy of the good, right? I've really held off from posting articles or any other content at anywhere near a rate that I've been really actually craving so heavily and would ideally be good for my mental health. But it's in that black and white binary force choice that I've like I've that that's sort of all or nothing it's it's on or it's off it is or it isn't do or not do that there is no try um I've taken my foot off the pedal completely and to be honest like while that's conferred a bit of a benefit in terms of okay I feel less stressed because it's less on my plate well actually no because I've been languishing and sitting stewing on it wishing I could be posting more or doing more and in the absence of doing it I'm still thinking about it still wishing it's still a need no one's stopping me from either of those like no one is stopping me from engaging in this kind of little whatever this project of mine is um, except me and I've been leashing myself a little bit because of the fear of say for instance my hyperfixation being activated so getting too intensely into like a topic and 
overwhelming myself or hyper-focused, like really affecting my capacity to live functionally. So getting so intensely interested in something that I'm actually neglecting my kind of daily living. But the, the reality is, is that by kneecapping myself from the things that I want to do and the ways that I want to express myself, ironically, that's been just as bad. So you see what I mean? It's this sort of well-intentioned, but ultimately sabotaging kind of mindset. Look, it's been necessary this year. I've had a number of huge life adjustments, huge stressors um, within myself, within my household, work, everywhere. And adapting to a new kind of very interesting and rewarding, but very demanding career tangent that I'm on now. Like, it's been necessary. I've had to take, I've, I've had to be a bit precautious and aware of my own kind of propensity to be like oh i'm so gonna research the shit out of that or even today you know i was intending to write maybe five to ten dot points i just i just pasted into word then four and a half thousand pages jesus christ feel free to check out now but look with everything else in life right like things are rarely in that clean clear on or off state like mental health, like neurodiversity, life, time, the tides, like most things really are on a continuum. They're on a spectrum, you know, like we can get far into this and see, you know, oh, it's all fractal, everything's all interlinked and you just, whatever, you can, you can go take some acid or some shrooms or something and get to the same conclusion. <laughs> I'll try not to get too esoteric with it, right? Because obviously I'd say that I'm preaching to converted there, like, Anyway, and look, within this like cacophony of just all my billion competing thoughts, wishes, needs, a sort of, it's almost like my own sort of internal Overton window, which is when we talk about political discourse, that Overton window is when things shift from being unacceptable into acceptable. I think that due to depression, that sort of, there's been a real suppressing of my need needs to get my opinions out there you know look no matter how formally not crappily formatted well mixing up my words for now look it's it's become less of a frivolity now it's a need like i'm been directly experiencing as myself as a consumer as a worker as a human watching myself watching loved ones and many others go through so much and so much of it it's either unspoken stuff or it's stuff that's sort of only get vague opportunities to just go about it with other people, you know? Um, and I'm very intense when I do that. Um, and I've been admonishing myself and producing more content. Like I've been fearing getting back into it. I've been fearing the kind of culture around um, content creation itself, mostly because of getting back into these arbitrary standards about what or how much I should put out and to what quality and it's all again going back to what I was just talking about it's it's unrealistic it's arbitrary it's critical it's kind of deliberately it's r slash leopards ate my face it's setting yourself up to fail it's too high it's not realistic it's not pragmatic rather than just you know doing what I naturally do and what I naturally am, the way I'm built and the way that most of us are, relaxing into that process, making mistakes, churning out some stinkers like this episode, (laughs) 
but learning from that, right? No, no, no. Instead, it's this, you know, oh, I need to wait. I need to wait until the depression improves. I need to wait until my anxiety subsides. I need to wait until work's more manageable. Until I've found the perfect self-pharmaceutical compounding of just enough coffee and my AHC meds on just the right day at the right time. You know, until I've gotten then whatever next episode that I put out to be polished, high grade, snappy, until the words flow just right, until it's interesting enough, yada, 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 yada. And look, the more pragmatic side of me that knows enough now about my own bullshit and about depression and da 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 that's a fucking excuse. It's deliberate self-sabotage. It's pandering directly to these unrealistic standards. Um, these standards that they just sort of wordlessly dictate Number one, okay, the environmental conditions aren't enough right now, but more importantly, they're implying, these unrealistic standards are implying that I, as a person, am not enough. And thank you for agreeing with me, random dog. The more pragmatic side of me knows this is, it's, it's, it's just, it's an excuse. So I've taken heed of it and I know full well it's not realistic. I've just been too stressed and depressed, you know, been thinking maybe waiting is the right option for now but then that leaks into tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after and the day after and i think compounding that is this advice well-intentioned other people in your life look man don't stress yourself out don't take on too much right now you know you've got a busy job your life's busy you've got a lot going on maybe wait till things simmer down a bit mate and apparently they all sound like they're from i don't know some fucking show i don't know they're getting increasingly broken as i get through this sentence look it's all great advice, and it's actually personally perfectly reasonable in moderation, which, again, funnily enough, something my brain doesn't do. Look, like the good little dog that my secretly oppositionally defiant neurodivergent brain like mistakenly thinks it needs, you know, be a good boy, adapt into the, some social stereotype or square hole, even though I'm a round peg, I conceded to all that. And so I've just been actively sitting upon like ideas, things that I've noticed, observations, whether they were comprehensively thought out or they were just flashes in the pan that end up in the abyss that's known as my Evernote brain dump folder, which is probably hundreds of pages of long of gibberish. And that's fine. But sitting on that, like I tried, mindfulness i tried acceptance you know i tried that self-talk no not right now not right now and it, it just didn't matter it's still there it's stuck somewhere inside you know i tried quietening down this raging impulsivity my novelty craving wonder loving brain i suppressed it i put a lid on it because the feedback that i thought i was getting is that i'm doing too much i'm too much and that fucked me up honestly and you know what it doesn't matter because I am intense like that shit just expresses itself anyway and a lot of what that's come out in is like paragraph long reams to my friends and family and discord friends and it's just cornering people and blah 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 you know it's just it's leaking out of me anyway it's an unmet need like I, I think too much I'm way too sensitive completely too cynical and that's fine that's who I am but like I'm all of those things and I've placed myself in way too stressful a career path for my self-care to begin and end in that 
gimmicky bed of coping strategies rattled off by everyone. Oh, do some yoga, da da da. Yeah, yeah, all well and good. And you know, there's benefits of exercise. Said, but like, okay. But the fact, this is the fact. I'm intense. I need to get intense. I need to meet my intensity where it's at, even if I'm clinically depressed and lethargic or anxious. And I have to be intense to function. I need metal. I need gigs. I need surfing. I need intellectually intellectually stimulating stuff. That's very ironic considering the way I just pronounced that. But, you know, look, despite how much of an early grave being a social worker in neoliberal Western society is going to be for me, like, I know I need that level of intensity and stimulation too. And I know I get a lot out of that. I'd be intense even if my job wasn't. Like I said to my mum, like, dude, I do call mum dude, right, sporadically maybe. Anyway, and anyway, off the topic. Look, I'd be intense even if my job wasn't. Like, I'd be even more of a handful, like if I was a potato farmer or some faceless, knob jockey, glorified Excel spreadsheet, cog wheel, in the corporate end of the knowledge economy, you know, if I'd have never dropped my business major and I was just fucking hanging out with dudes, chads or whatever, you know, I'd be a handful. So it'd have to give somewhere. Like, I need to get the balance right between that and, like, I need down regulation. I need more down regulation, rest and recovery than the average person. So it's like, I do need that kind of sort of you know i need the nourishing aspect as well and i've done a, a, quite a lot towards that and i do neglect that often because i've got this impulsivity but look anyway it's a balancing act that i've recently accepted i'm just going to go to my grave playing that i'll be on my deathbed wanting to go for a run and then feeling exhausted or something i don't know but the fact is that recently i've had a really serious deterioration in my mental health. I mean, I've experienced pretty chronic depression, anxiety, and all the executive functioning traps that come with ADHD on a pretty chronic basis. I would say my onset for mental illness was mid-teens at the latest. But I'll be honest, recently I've been in my worst ever state, mental health-wise, worst. And I feel vulnerable admitting that and going to produce this online I'm, I'll be surprised if this actually hits the airwaves but anyway look that, that's saying something because I mean considering I've gotten so destroyed in the past by unchecked mental illness that I actually got hospitalized for a psychotic episode and I'm saying that recently I reached a worse point than that and I think an immense part of that is deliberately self-sabotaging not meeting my needs and what I need for my life might look very different to other people and that's okay well according to depression and rejection sensitivity just for it's not but fuck those guys it's like what are my needs well if you for reasons unknown have sat here listening to all this crap so far I haven't even got to the fucking topic I've got a lot of shit to expel from my chest cavity right it's just like a trauma, a vicarious trauma chest burster. That's fine. But I also really, really, really need to talk about a lot of things in, in, in a format that's not just contained to interpersonal interactions where I'm trauma dumping or just stress dumping or bombarding unsuspecting victims, essentially, un, 
you know, there's nothing malicious. It's just, I just, just these diatribes and like they're valid, but they serve no useful purpose for the situation at hand. If you know me in real life, if you've read anything I've written or listened to all these other gas bags on the show, look, it's clear as mud, right? I got a strong need to talk a lot. I feel way too intensely about a lot of things. I'm way too idealistic for my own realistic good. I'm way too reactive in my emotional expression of things at times. And I'm just pressured in my thoughts and speech. It's like, I can tell sometimes people are looking at me going, oh my God, just get it out, get it out. Bottling that up where practically relevant, it's fine, right? Like I can't just do that if I'm, doing a home visit with a client or you know someone needs me um but suffering these third degree steam burns internally from just actively holding down the bubbling kettle that is my brain it's not good for me and look more importantly and this is finally arriving to the point where i promise i'm coming fluttering out of my self-centered cocoon into a beautiful benevolent podcast butterfly i just I, I witness so much acute and chronic suffering in others. It's in my work. It's on social media. It's it's becoming more apparent and more pervasive. And I'm absolutely maddened and flabbergasted that instead of us having a healthy discourse on mental health, it's been stuffed back under the rug as though all these gains we made from 2020 onwards as though it never happened. I'm seeing so much local, national, and global level suffering. And, well, yeah, look relatable memes and tweets they're cool to chuck a like at and like having your soapbox rant in your own little physical or your online cloisters look that helps ventilate things with each other in the moment but i feel like i need a space to expand on things that are concerning me about the world things that i'd like to see better for people things that could easily be attained if we just did things a little differently things that we're all seem to be individually talking about in hushed corners and hot takes on Twitter and pretending that like a Facebook share is us having done our direct action praxis for the week. Look, there's so many things about the status quo that distress me, but I've got to at least pretend to contain myself. So I promise that I'm eventually getting to, and I put this in caps lock and bolded for myself, the point. So what I want to talk about topically today, it's something that just seems repressed and stifled and mumbled in our collective unconscious. Look, it's something that it was a proud, unified roar during the lockdowns. <laughs> but we seem to have put a muzzle on it. We've shot a tranquilizer dart in the ass. But it's this elephant in the room. I can't help but feel like I'm not the only person who's just vicariously sitting back sensing that this elephant is actually growing, morphing, and it's getting ready to trumpet itself again. But it's kind of given up and it's a bit of a whimper. What I'm referring to is, when we talk about the Great Resignation, now I'm going to be a pompous dick in doing this, but I'm going to refer to this as the Great Sigh of Resignation. What do I mean by this? What I mean by this, I'll get more into the great resignation itself versus what's happening at the moment. But I just can't help but feel there's this societal level reintroduction of us downplaying our struggles, masking, pretending that Australian slash American white picket fence dream. It's back up. 
we're back to smiling through cracked teeth. We're told to let it loose, let it rip, get back into it, and then pretend three main things. Okay, number one, we honest are we honestly just pretending that one of the most significant events in human history just never happened and it's continuing to happen as we speak? Okay. Number two, that even if we agree we were agreeable to you know, or not, measures taken in the interest of public safety over the last couple of years, that those did significantly impact our lives and a lot of us are still in the acute recovery phase of this, health and mental health wise. And then finally, number three, our world is not the same. It will never, ever be the same. And it's okay to stop and to mourn and to grieve for this in order for us to work pragmatically forwards in a world where, I don't know, COVID is still rampant. There, I said it. The dirty word. But fucking seriously, the cognitive dissonance of how we're treating the pandemic itself right now is so fucking absurd. It feels like a fever dream. And yes, pun absolutely intended. You know, typing it out reading it on paper as opposed to having that in this perpetual free floating ambiguity as a feeling like me reading that right now makes that as a truth it's even more nonsensical and as much as my own depressions self-directing gaslighting have as, as a believe it's my stupidity my biases my need to harden up get real act your age or whatever judgmental self-talk look man i've just i've seen and heard the writing on the wall too many times from too many people for me to be this is not just me being a cynical prick it's partially but like almost everyone i talk to everywhere is just exhausted to at least some degree like proper fucked you know snatch proper fucked exhausted like some are just plain tired right like physically maybe due to readjusting to that unaddressed like additional cognitive load that's been brought about by re-adding in things like commuting, transport, picking the kids up, grocery runs, the social pressure of attending events and other stuff that we've been reflexively implied to believe is good for us now that it's back on and the kind of reverse implication of that is if we're not enjoying that or wanting to engage in that, what the fuck's wrong with you? Don't you want to go out and do the thing? You know? Many of us are secretly freaking out, wondering how long it's going to be until the penny drops, until another upset comes, until their own, our own sort of thin veneer of coping has been revealed as a fraud and they collapse under what actually is a massive amount of ongoing pressure. Because that additional ambient anxiety, it never dissipated. We've just tried diffusing it in, by going to stuff and risking a bug in the process because, look, fair enough, we have social needs, yeah? We have needs for stimulation. I get it. But the unspoken agreement is to act like nothing's bothering us. Like 2020 never just happened and coronavirus just straight up fucked off. Hang on. Hang the absolute fuck on. Wait a fucking minute. I've got some fucking questions, right? Weren't we all just proudly flying the banners of shared struggle like five minutes ago? Or was that just some convenient and time-limited hashtag opportunity? Was I dreaming? Or was there a time where there was a more amenable public discourse about mental health that pushed back against hustle culture and work from home 
provided the ultimate laboratory for that being such a failed experiment. For those of us who didn't just pop up out of lockdown with a spring in their step, like, what are we implying there? What are we implying by their post-lockdown struggles? Ingratitude, selfishness, laziness. Didn't we just clearly and plainly establish by way of the pandemic itself that these judgment calls are just Puritan ethical ideals that have been derived from ideological bases that are not only centuries outdated, but severely out of touch? Like, they were out of touch in the 80s, my friend. It's 2022. What the fuck? Wasn't the rug pulled out from all these self-made delusions about our systems being oppressive? Not being oppressive, I should say. These delusional thoughts that, oh, damn, it's fine. We have a climate emergency, an unstable labor market, an unstable housing market, dire predictions about the fate of the planet, widespread social unrest in the face of rightfully angered movements against broad injustice, and aren't those things severely worsening as we speak? Look, I get the fatigue, but it doesn't stop them from happening. And are we really, 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 are we just going to step back and pretend we don't actually have demonstrable evidence, empirical evidence, meta-analytic gold standard evidence that our governments and our private sector alike do have the capacity to make improvements, specifically improvements which have real-world statistically and empirically measurable benefits for our health, that, sure, we front-load a hell of a lot of cost to do so, but that we reap social capital, and by reaping that social capital, we reap returns on our taxpayers' dollars, and yet we're choosing to withdraw all that in favor of the almighty god of neoliberal efficiency, the god that we just pretended to claim as a false idol during lockdown? What's the implication for those people trying to enjoy themselves? Trying to pretend they're having this photographic replica of the fun they had in the community a few years ago, but failing at that. What about those who refuse to buy into that because they're too far fucked? from the past few years to even use that level of masking. Are we going to call them ungrateful? Are we going to be like, oh, shut up, you're being a Debbie Downer? Weren't we just all holding hands together and singing fucking Kumbaya? (laughs) Are we just going to let the vulnerable folks who are inculcated into ever-increasingly extremist circles of conspiracy and hateful rhetoric fester even more as we deplatform them and shove them more acutely and further out of sight? Haven't we seen time immemorial how much that risks breeding a risk of safety to the public by worsening those echo chambers into inciting violence and hatred? Are we not going to pretend that all the navel-gazing and the time we spent with ourselves during the restrictions, that that necessitated some real hard existential look at ourselves, at our values, and what constitutes a good life or a good society for that matter? Okay, all right. I'll give you concession on the last point. You got me there. So the Great Resignation, great example of that happening. That was a culture-wide shotgun blast to the face of exploitation by employers and industry, and rightfully so. The problem is, the problem is, I think many folks conflated giving a silent whispered, fuck you, and the middle finger behind their back to their long-term occupational tyrancies with tyrants with 
real world advocacy. And yeah, look, we got a bit going there, a bit of discourse around it. I think it certainly has got employers up on their backs a bit, but God, compared to that unified push that so many of the recent protest movements sparked in the eyes of just a weary public who stood up and said, we are banding together, we are not fucking taking this. This great resignation, it's been more of a whimper, honestly. It's a surrender. Think about it, okay? Now, you might have done some of these things, and I'm not advocating for these things, okay? Um, <clears throat> make sure that you didn't take a shit on your boss's desk. You didn't fling firebombs into a building. You didn't get your head cracked open by riot police or drag your bloodied friends from a writhing melee of ideological forces engaged in a fixed polarizing battle. I mean, if you did, you right to do so in each count, I'd say. There were pro circumstances probably dictated it. But you didn't. You resigned. You quiet quit at that. Quiet quit. You resigned. And I think the language of it being the great resignation is kind of why I'm saying the great sigh of resignation. Look, allow me to a quote from trusted and esteemed source of whatever the fuck I'm talking about. Dictionary.com with regards to what it means to resign. <clears throat> Number one, voluntarily leave a job or office. He resigned from the company in protest of the treatment of his co-workers. Fair enough. Number two, accept that something undesirable cannot be avoided. The second definition is crucial because to me, that's what's defined the great resignation as much as the first. The fact that instead of us banding together in a unionized ball of anarchic rage and fury, the world's workers have snuck quietly out the door, quiet quitting. To me, that speaks to a certain level of sadness, of resignation, of depression, learnt helplessness. To me, that speaks to a certain level of lost hope, of grief and loss in us coming back to work after working from home and realising things are... Hang on a minute. Things are actually just going to go back to businesses usual after all that what after all the posturing the faux concern the riots the anger the discourse the hashtag the teary admissions over webcam the exhaustion the ambiguity the the hand holding the viral videos all of it all of it and you've been asked to just step back into the office mask off if you like and just go about your business Never mind those QR code signs that are hanging there. Never mind the blatantly visible OHS mandated litany of hand washing and social distancing prompts. Never mind the faded sign in books or the app that was long since deleted from your phone out of sheer relief. Let's pretend that all these reminders that we banded together as people and upheaved our entire lives to protect others just happened. Never mind the the rage, the public outcry, which really felt like the world's population standing up and saying, hey, how about you go fuck yourself to capitalism, to an unfair system predicated on unlimited growth on a planet with finite resources. And never mind the space that we had 
in between that fury, that quiet reflection that made us realize, holy shit, I am, this is a relief. I am so goddamn exhausted of running these dual hamster wheel races on social media in real life. I can't upkeep that. I can't continue that. Look, whatever your opinions are on lockdowns, masks, vaccines, whatever, I think everyone can meet in the middle pretty much, except for those who profited the most or the most comfortable from the pandemic, and agree that we've been short-sold on our kind of fate transition out of this. We thought conditions would be better. We thought the corporate social responsibility-driven niceties about self-care must have a basis in reality, right? I mean, like, management, HR, whoever the fuck else is in your company, I don't know, they lived through the same pandemic you did, right? Surely there wouldn't just be this return to the stark insanity of being fed that corporate drip-fed honey-doused drivel whilst also being put on the factory floor and being squeezed dry again to min-max widgets? Like, surely we established that that is clearly insanity those things do not match up well maybe not i mean kpis for a lot of people are winding back up to their pre-pandemic levels and it's the same rigidity and performance management focus that just swept all emotional concerns right back off the table as invalid as they were prior to all this twee we're all in this together sloganeering maybe maybe nothing's been learned if so many of us have been thrown back into the SimCity 2022 nightmare that's navigating a commute. A commute that's made so brazenly, plainly, and fucking pointless by sheer fact of the matter that so much modern work lies in the non-knowledge economy and ergo, outside any need, any need to hop in a car, sit there for 90 minutes, pop polluting the earth in order to crank out the same spreadsheet widgets you just cranked out at home for two years in your living room. I don't care what else you cranked out for two years in your living room. What you do on your own time is whatever. Look, if the invisible hand of the market truly gave a fuck, if maximizing shareholder value was truly philanthropic, things would be better. Instead, we're worse off. Look, our individual back padding and congratulatory smellulators to all the bosses of the great resignation, that needed to happen for a lot of people. And it did send a message. But guys, it wasn't enough. It was not enough of a message sent to powers that be. As opposed to showing leniency and grace to that, the global economy has just simply implored those left standing that didn't do the, I'm getting out of here now, like, or being like, no, you've oppressed me for long enough those of us who are left standing either by choice or by force we've picked up our tools and we've resumed work maybe not in the same organizations maybe not in the same sectors but a lot of us have come back in and we're doing so with less staff than the pandemic less supplies increased wait lists increased demands rising overhead and therefore increased pressure from up top for return on investment and all manner of increased stresses, complexity, pressure. Every single organization I know of in the line of work that I do and outside of it has staffing issues everywhere. Every business that's dependent on a part, a supply, 
a widget of some physical form, they're all delayed on obtaining them due to staffing issues up the pipeline in shipping and logistics. Every human services facing sector, like my sector, mental health or disability or healthcare, whatever, we're in staffing retention crisis. There are exploding wait lists. And as a result, there's increasingly brutal eligibility criteria and much more lean service delivery by, by sheer design. And compounding this, we as workers, we're expected to do a hell of a lot more with a hell of a lot less in order to facilitate that neoliberal austerity fucking nightmare that I thought we were all kind of past. Oh, and uh, newsflash, this isn't the same work environment you found yourself in 2019. That ambient specter of COVID is still there. You know it. Cases are resurging. Everyone's catching it. There's a possibility you might get it when you're walking into the office. Where does that leave us? Well, apparently, apparently, according to the way that we're talking or not talking about any of this, well, we better show some fucking gratitude. And how fucking dare you stand up and say, uh-uh, this ain't it, chief. Well, gee, <laughs> thanks. Depression cured. ADHD resigned. Anxiety leaving my body. All these years of internal strife and desperation working in as a doomed generation in a in a helpless system. Oh, it's just been absolutely falcon punched out of me by gratitude. Gee, thanks. Oh, look. Fuck. We're all legitimately, genuinely happy to be back to some facsimile of normalcy. It had to happen. But we're doing it in this strange way that feels more hide the pain herald than whatever that smug as fuck meme that kid is cheering at the computer, you know? We're back. Hashtag let's Melbourne again. Nightlife, dining, sports, work. And yet, as we're hopping between this blur of bars and activities that our attentional resources are still retraining themselves to keep up with, there's this niggling sense of avoidance. Look, the pandemic hit. It's still here. It broke us. Most of us are fatigued and exhausted. We're all sick of the novelty, the ambiguity, and the terror that gripped us during 2020. And as a result, we're not standing up to hard truths. And a lot of us are pretending happy. And you know what? I, for one, I am not happy to return back to playing happy families. Not when I see such grossly negligent and widespread sweeping of mental health bugs right back onto the rug labeled stigma. I'm especially infuriated by the reneging of the additional Medicare benefits in Australia and the impact that's going to have on the whole health system. I'm not fucking happy just sitting around, eye twitching as I hear more and more and more and more from everyone, people in line at the coffee shop, about to wherever, about the, how the world's capacity of supply chain management and logistics has bit the dust, skyrocketing living costs steeper and further every day. I'm not going to sit idly by and pretend 2022 is 2019. It fucking isn't. It fucking isn't. And the unconscious pressure for us to fucking pretend it's all well and good, that just, maybe it's just me, but that triples my stress levels. I would be much happier if people accepted whatever they thought they learnt during the pandemic, right? More than ever, I'm, and maybe this is all projection on my end, but I'm finding I'm finding my mental health deteriorating. I'm finding my environmental stressors rising faster than my resources can keep up. And that's, I'm gainfully employed and in therapy. 
and you know <laughs> so i you i can't put words to how irritated sad despondent vicariously traumatized and angry i am for those of a position of disadvantage where this is putting lives at stake and wasn't helping disadvantaged people the entire fucking point of our response to the pandemic people are actively fucking dying in order for us to perpetuate this lie we know it's a lie the pandemic showed us that we cannot we should not and we must not try and step back into these old neoliberal shoes which is kind of an oxymoron look we we owe it to those that we lost along the way we owe it to society's most vulnerable who we all agreed well most of us we take earth shattering measures in order to help protect at our own expense we owe it to ourselves for some peace and equanimity to have kindness and compassion ongoing look we're not in the same world let's at least stop kidding ourselves let's stop pandering to this exploitative game and just focus on our well-being as individuals and as a society that is my intention behind this podcast i don't pretend to be some benevolent dispenser of wisdom but i can't fucking keep quiet about this fucking shit any longer i'm not going to apologize if i put a damper on the christmas mood two days out i want you to remember this going into the day i want you to refocus your lens back on that that is most important right now okay it's day before christmas eve you've just listened to the world's longest ramble have some time to refresh have some time with your loved ones and just let's just collectively breathe a sigh of relief if only for just one moment reflect a bit so that when we go into 2023 can we at least do it with the blinkers not as heavily over our eyes please (laughs) thanks but honestly look i hope you're all well out there okay there are a number of services that you can access and i'll be sure to put some in the show notes they may be australia specific but look if you are struggling pick up the phone i know that i've been talking about the decimation of the service system but there's a lot of hard-working people there's a lot of people sitting amongst what we've got left and using the resources we have left and we actively actively are trying to help hold space so there's beyond blue there's lifeline if you are feeling like you need to speak to a psychologist for some therapeutic support or even a psychiatrist for some medication support a little known fact is that you can actually go on Uh, Google and search for APS find a psychologist you can actually search by gender treating issue suburb telehealth just make sure that you search for Medicare rebated and you can actually have some choice and control over which psychologist you would like your GP to refer you to same with the psychiatrist I highly endorse doing that there's a number of good local initiatives Um, but look if you find that your mental health is really not tracking well have that conversation with yourself take the appropriate steps look i hope that you all have a restful christmas and a happy new year i just please would like to implore that let's take care of ourselves and take care of each other going into 2023 
fuck knows we need to do it okay so do whatever you need to do as long as that's not harming someone else or yourself to help yourself okay have a great christmas have a happy new year don't get sucked into too much of the bullshit um and just have some time to sit and be and for all of you working over the christmas period i hope work goes okay after all that and i appreciate i appreciate everything that everyone in every sector is doing right now so please give yourself a pat on the back if you're working if you're not if you're between jobs if you're struggling if you're doing well if you're unemployed but you know you're wanting to you're needing some time to recuperate if you've whatever i don't care i'm proud of you wherever you are and whatever you're doing so please please don't feel like you have to go through it alone help and support is there okay 